Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad. With me as always, together in electric dreams, is Anthony James. Guten Morgen, Conrad. How are you? We're rehearsing that. Before we started, <laughs> and, and Anthony's nailed it. Guten Morgen, indeed. Good Jack, Morgen, Jack Alice. Jackpot. Um, <laughs> he's not in this movie, unfortunately. Paul Paul Lutz, or whatever his name is. Yeah, he's not in it. Would have loved a Bartos here. Yeah. We're talking about hackers this week. We're in hacker mode. Um, there's plenty of hacking going on in the. Well, actually, we're filming this or, or filming. I guess we are filming. We are filming. If we really wanted to be grand recording is how i'd probably say <laughs> yeah. F- filming i feel like kind of gives it a sense of pomp that i don't think yeah, there's, no, there's no deserve, film involved deserve. there's no film involved yeah. no no i mean there's no film involved in many hollywood pictures these days to be honest so you know Ridley scott's turning in his grave although he's not dead. take that no <laughs> no he's not i'm gonna leave that i almost said something that would have got me in hot water there <laughs> i'm gonna ignore it well anthony you have been trying to get me to watch this movie or mentioning this movie at the very mm. least for well since we started after dark almost i feel yeah. like you listeners i have dark. been saying it we finally got there we finally got there we're here to watch who am i not the jackie chan movie i've made that joke multiple times across <laughs> our podcasting career and i'm going to continue making it into this episode uh, <laughs> it's it's the baron Bodar and yon 2014 hacker movie so i say let's talk about some gosh darn movies guten morgen <laughs> good enough movies we're here to talk about them Mm -hmm. um in this case as we've said movies about hacking now we need to do a brief credibility check first because if we're going to talk about a movie with hacking in it we need to establish that we know what we're talking about so anthony and and listeners this is Straight off the dome piece. I haven't prepped Anthony for this. I haven't prepped for this either. Name your top five hacking movies. Go. Whoa, okay. Okay. Uh, now, there's a lot of movies with hacking in them. Uh, but it's Yeah, you can ve- have those. That's fine. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure there's a bit of hacking in Cats and Dogs. That's one. Um, yeah, I, I've got no way of fact-checking this. So I just... Well, I mean, I, that's not true. I have the internet. But like, I'm not going to fact-check it. So... We'll just accept these as correct. Well, um, Mr. Robot? That's, that's not a film. Sure, it? yeah. I mean, it's not a film, but we'll count it. That's fine. Um, I'm pretty sure there is some hacking in Fight Club at some point, which uh, hacking of the system will say. Uh- <laughs> sure. Hacking of social structures and financial institutions via explosives yeah i'm actually gonna be honest with you conrad i don't have hacking movies off the dome piece like i do of course we know from the past episodes bowling movies i don't have hacking movies uh off Mm. off off the dome piece there there's Um, no you haven't got the ability to recall like quotes from kingpin off the top of your head in the well or the equivalent of quotes from kingpin off the top of your head for hacking movies is what you're saying no would hitch count i know because because you know like i think that like pickup artists view themselves as hackers of some kind i don't know no i feel like that's <laughs> i was i was being i was being like fairly generous with allowing you mr robot but hitch definitely doesn't have hacking in it um the hack in the okay, system I, of dating is what i mean i mean the matrix is a pretty <laughs> like that's a that's a that's a hacking movie is it there's 100 yes We've got there's loads of hacking in that movie. They're literally hackers. What what are they? Oh yeah yeah. But I mean like do they? <laughs> is there ever hacking like a traditional sitting at the keyboard hacking in in the Matrix? 
I mean, yeah, like that the event, like you know, I, I know that's what they are, point, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely hacking in that movie. It's pretty just, metaphorical. It is, um, it is uh, yeah, I mean, it is metaphorical as well. But I mean, so the Matrix. Have you never seen the movie Hackers? I don't think I have. Angelina Jolie. No. Uh, and Fi- and Fisher Stevens. Uh, <laughs> I, the, uh, literally, the only thing I remember about that movie is a bit where they're having like a hacking contest, and someone uh, gets a mess, gets like a virus, and a, a message flashes on their screen saying "mess with the best, die like the rest." And for some reason, I saw that when I was like seven years old back in the mid '90s, and that has stayed with me for the rest of my life. Uh, just like that was a fucking cool thing to put on someone's screen when you've just beaten them in a hacking contest um and of course mm. timothy oliphant's character in uh, die hard 4 is a very famous oh yes hacker. of course well most most action lights, films i think most action films are hacking films because you've yeah. always you've always got a moment where you're driving through somewhere and you need a gate to open and then all of a sudden they get into the Absolutely. system well this is why i thought that we were safe having this conversation like mm. just firing from the hip because i was like literally pick an action movie from the last 20 years <laughs> i know and, someone, I, yeah. and someone's gonna be like run a bypass and they'll be like and then you know yeah they'll 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 be like i was thinking of actual like films about hackers uh is the thing i don't know if there's that many honestly and normally they're awful but i mean we're here to talk about one of them it's who am i so Mm -hmm. this is the second time you've seen this movie is that is that right no first time i've never seen you you not seen this before oh wow i was i was waiting to watch it oh you're saving yourself for this i'll I'll save myself for this yeah Okay, so we were both coming in pretty much just completely... Well, I, I knew basically nothing about this movie other than it was about hackers. Did you did you know anything going in? No. all I knew, I knew some sort of background stuff about the movie and about, obviously, the creators, but not about the actual film itself. Yeah. So, I mean, I tried... If I'm if I'm being 100% honest with myself, I tried with pretty limited success to not come in with any preconceived notions about what I thought a hacker movie uh, written mm-hmm. by Baron Bodar and Dion Chafris would look like. Because obviously my my oh, my only experience of them is Dark mm-hmm. and I didn't want to try and reverse engineer what they did with Dark into yeah. a hacker movie. And it's probably for the best that I did because or that I didn't because um, it's quite a... I'm not going to call it a straightforward movie no but it's quite by the numbers in a lot of ways which is not to say it's a bad that's not a bad thing Mm -hmm. but it's a very sort of traditional movie i think um it is and i think actually for this one this is quite an old movie so i wouldn't Mm -hmm. mind speaking spoilers from the start conrad what do you think because yeah okay we we can say spoilers from the start so um Mm -hmm. you know if you haven't seen this uh you i i i honestly had to uh had to acquire this by illicit means because i couldn't find it anywhere well i have i have it on dvd so that's okay yeah Mm -hmm. there you go yeah so normally i don't like doing that but i was like this movie is not available anywhere in a way that's (laughs) going to get to me in a week so (laughs) but uh so it's yeah spoilers from the start if you haven't seen it um or if you're waiting for your dvd to show up in the mail like yeah and dark fans who watch the channel i'm sure you want to see this film so maybe you'll want to come back and listen to this after you've seen it or you'll just you know i think a few weeks ago we talked full spoilers for something and then someone said in the comments you didn't spoil the film at all i'm looking forward to seeing it uh okay um, nice yes <laughs> nice yes good uh okay so this film um i think that uh, and the at the end obviously there's a couple of like little like you know 
you know look what we did and reveals of like you know mm. double double crossing or i don't know how you would say it. like just reveals that like the, the motives were different than we thought yeah now that was obviously a that rare example obviously... of a double twist <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> we twist them again there is a <laughs> yeah, twist there is a twist there is a, there is another twist so there so there's a double twist at the end of this movie which i genuinely really enjoyed having said that though you are right and if you think of a hacker movie this is very paint by numbers, and I think that interesting, oh, yeah. interestingly, um, like what I, I'm going to do a video at some point, compa- like, you know, s- talking about this and dark, and talking about how mm. what I think for 1899. So I don't want to get too much into this at the minute. We'll just talk about the movie, but it is similar to Dark in this way. In Dark, we were always talking about different references and different things that they must been must have been inspired by. This mm. is the exact same as that. Baron Bo- oh, Baron Bo- Oda and Yon definitely draw from their inspiration heavily. Oh, do, do you think they saw Fight Club before they watched this movie? Yeah, by any yeah that's it. <laughs> definitely Fight Club. Definitely yeah. Fight Club is one of them. There was a whole load of things which I just kept thinking, oh, that's that, that's that, that's that. Mm. It did feel like they were heavily inspired. And and you know what? It became its own thing, but very much was in the in the vein of a lot of things I'd already seen before. Yeah. And again, I think that's that's absolutely right. I think it wears its influences quite openly on its sleeve, um, and it tells a, it tells a decent story. I thought so. Just to briefly go over the plot, then, so you've got um, a hacker played by um, Tom Schilling, um, who his character's name is Benjamin. So most of the actors in this, to be honest, I I looked up. Um, most of these actors to see if I would know them in anything else. Uh, the only one that um, had been in anything that seemed funny uh, was uh, Elias uh, Mubarak, who was in a movie called, I think, Suck It Shakespeare is the English translation. <laughs> and it's like a German, raunchy, like American Pie comet style comedy, from okay. what I could tell, uh, which seemed very funny. But um, yeah, so most of, these, most of these actors I haven't seen in anything else. But Tom Except Schilling for a couple of dark actors popping yeah, up. Yeah, there's of a couple, yeah, couple yeah. of dark who don't you worry about that we'll come back to them we'll come back to them um i've got some things to say about peter doppler's uh, actor I'll, I'll say that much but um yeah so it, it basically tells the story of benjamin who is a young hacker and he joins a group uh, an established group of hackers who kind of want to make a name for themselves in mm-hmm. the world of hacking yeah. and as things often do in these kinds of movies things spiral out of control until the police and the russian mafia get involved <laughs> and things escalate and eventually become violent uh and you know there's a there's a big there's a big kind of well it's not really an action set piece there's a, there, there's, there's some there's some twists and turns in the story but yeah. when, when i say it's telling a pretty basic story um I don't think that's necessarily criticism of it. That's just the reality of the, the story it's trying to tell. It's not not trying to do anything particularly interesting. And I don't think, I don't think any of the characters are really the reason you're here. I, I think. Mm. Would you say? Would you say that's fair to say? Yeah, I I, I personally They're pretty one dimensional. Yeah, like well, I'm put it this way. I'm not going to remember Paul as I remember Tyler Durden. Oh, I, I, Paul. You know, <laughs> wait which one's oh paul's the paul's the, the hardware man who's always like saying things are a bad idea before getting involved in it yeah yeah yeah, paul yeah. um but I, i'm not the gonna... other one the tattoo man whose name i've already forgotten yeah we'll put it this way right the film is called who am i because that's the individual handle of benjamin now yeah i don't even remember the character of like technically the characters who am i really I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna remember that as like an iconic thing. There was no. The characters were, although well drawn for the film, it very much they fit within the genre and therefore 
didn't come across as the most memorable characters to me. Um, but I will say I loved I loved the now it's interesting because it's very different to Dark uh, the the pace of the storytelling. Mm. I, I I really liked the sort of the first sort of few maybe five ten minutes really rattled through. Uh, especially even later on in the film, whenever you were going into all the political aspects of things going on, they didn't really stick around to explain everything, what was happening. Uh, it was just like, okay, this is a big government building. We need to go into there. We need to get that. Let's just go and do it. And I, I liked that about it as well. It seemed like they were trying to fit it all in. And I think it worked for the pace of it. One thing I will say as well, and I'm giving you a lot here to, to respond to, Conrad. Sorry about this. But one thing I will say as well, gosh, don't these writers love a voiceover. Oh, they they there's some storytelling devices in this that they go back to again and again and i'm yeah. like yeah the, the voiceover is um is a classic it actually it's funny you mentioned the voiceover that's the first thing i'll i'll, I'll, I'll respond to because the voiceover plus the uh, the opening of this movie where we open on a scene of a bunch of characters who have been killed mm. and then cut to um and we see Benjamin discovering these murders uh, and that very clearly shows like tattoos on the knuckle of one of them which is going to become important later mm-hmm, when we course. find out which character that is and then it cuts to him having a conversation with like a police lady and me being in like and, and this is <laughs> you mentioned last week that you know, I, I can sometimes predict the plot of a movie yeah, yeah, yeah. just by looking at like the kind of and, and you know, I think you give me too much credit for that. It's normally quite formulaic <laughs> movies. This one absolutely tripped me up because I was so in the mindset of like, right, this is Barbara and Yonja Fries. There's yeah. gonna be some shit going on here. Yeah. And I saw him discovering the murders and then talking to the police officer, and I thought it was two flashbacks within each other. So I thought the the him discovering the bodies was the present yeah, yeah. and then that benjamin was flashing back to the conversation with the police officer <laughs> and then that conversation was telling us the story that we were <laughs> yeah. then seeing underneath that in the movie so i was like my the cogs were going the brain was <laughs> wearing away as it turns out that's not what was happening it was just he finds the bodies and then he goes and talks to the police officer and that's the mm-hmm. framing device for the movie. But. Although very interesting that, that your brain went there and I understand why it did because in the in the storytelling uh, style of these these writers, they in like we're comparing it to Dark and we said I'm not going to do it too much but come on. Oh, we're going to do it constantly. Constantly. Like, <laughs> like, there's, obviously there's no the way people, around it. people who watch our channel even kind of want us to do that so that's fine. Yeah. But, but the thing is with these with these uh these i want to say creators but this is a film so just the writers they in dark actually it was all now this is you're gonna laugh at me saying this word but it was all linear right <laughs> it was very linear yeah. because like even though that was perhaps the biggest twist of all yeah, yeah, it's yeah just yeah. A, linear, a linear story yeah even though everything was happening at different moments and stuff like the the time and dates of actually what was everything was happening on went together so the idea of like showing showing the uh the end of the movie first um like they did in this where they showed the bodies that wouldn't have happened in dark because in 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 dark you only saw the things that were happening on that date you know what i mean so yeah i I understand why you thought that you know i understand why you thought that because we 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 never would have in dark saw the future in that way you know what i mean Mm, i I know there's a lot of ironic phrasing i'm using here because of dark but you know what i mean yeah um i no i think um i think you're absolutely right and yeah so i i I was coming in 
possibly giving it more no i don't say more credit than it was worth because it's not trying to do anything super clever with its with its um like with its framing i just was expecting it to do a bit more than it actually did but it's quite a linear story and you're absolutely right that the pacing is pretty good for the most part it doesn't really spend any time dwelling on things uh it's just like here's them doing some cool hacker stuff here's them doing some cool hacker stuff and most of those kind of set pieces are pretty compelling i did feel like i didn't really like any of the characters in the hacker group um Mm. i didn't really have very much affection for them which was a problem i had throughout most of the movie to be honest and i i'm not going to talk about it right this second but i wanted to say that in terms of the pacing generally really good i thought it, it stayed it maintained a pretty pretty good clip but the the kind of romantic subplot mm. and the way they kept going back to that i was constantly like that there is no indication that this woman likes benjamin <laughs> at yeah, no yeah. point in this movie and then when it gets to the first twist at the end yeah, i was yeah. like all right fair enough you got me yeah I, and we'll talk about that twist in more detail in a minute because it does obviously we have to go that properly but when it gets to that twist i was like all right you're off the hook movie that relationship didn't need to be believable and then when the second twist happens i was like wait a minute you just put yourself back on the hook that relationship <laughs> doesn't make any sense but having said that the whole the whole story is retold by the character so i think if we're being charitable we can say it's an example of an unreliable narrator but yeah. i don't know if it's not just bad writing to, to be honest but, yeah well uh, there was definitely a lot going on in, in fact it reminded me a little bit you know how like the characters weren't really memorable because the actual pace of the thing and like the complication of a lot of the hacking stuff they were doing took yeah. took took the the forefront i think that reminded me a little bit of um primer like the, the the characters mm. in Primer aren't necessarily the most memorable to me, but the no. actual the things that they're doing, I, I really love that film and how they did it. So maybe it's similar to this. I will say that um, it's interesting that they have like the Joker masks because yeah. this was made before Joker, obviously. But the Joker masks and then the idea of like revealing that the relationship with the woman was was made up, even though it was. You know, second twist you know not, notwithstanding but uh yeah. the reveal of the, the relationship being made up is exactly what happened in joker a few years later so um interesting that's there. true so joker so he, I... joker stole that from this and it stole the stuff from king of comedy and taxi driver so literally joker has not much not uh, an original bonus body yeah, is yeah essentially what you're saying yeah, yeah exactly so really really interesting there I will say, uh, Baron Baudor was approached by Netflix to... Now, this is really strange when you think about what actually happened. They liked this film. Mm. And Netflix approached them to create a TV series version of this. Now, whether, okay. or, whether or not they wanted them to make the exact same thing again or to like spin off or just inspired by this, they were, Netflix basically wanted a hacker show from them. Uh, mm. And then the, uh, Baron Baudor was like, no, I'm not doing the same thing again. And then, like, they came back to him a while later again, and then he they were like, okay, well, what about this? And pitch dark. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, Netflix, you didn't even know what you were asking these people to do. Like, you yeah. asked them for, like, a, a, a run-of-the-mill hacker. one of the best yeah. TV shows of the last 20 years <laughs> exactly. by pure you just, accident. You just happened to choose the right horse because, like, let's be honest, like, this film is not dark. Uh, having I, I enjoyed it, and there's a lot of promise here. But mm. it is. It, there's no way Netflix would have thought they were getting the product they got when they approached this guy. Oh no! They. I mean, uh, Dark. I'm. I'm constantly stunned that Dark even got three seasons. To be honest, because it seems like 
like the exact kind of show that they'd see the first season they'd be like what i thought this was going to be about hackers and then yeah, they'd yeah, just yeah. be like cancelled immediately <laughs> like, like, back to the back to making movies in germany you two um it's funny that you talk about that though um you know netflix br- bringing those those two on to 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 spearhead a kind of tv version of this because after this movie came out uh, warner brothers acquired the rights to remake this as a make a western remake yeah and um currently david goyer who is the guy who wrote jumper and and uh and bat oh which batman did he david write? s goyer he wrote uh the dark knight oh dark knight that's right yeah yeah he, uh, he might have been batman begins as well i'm not sure he wrote but, all three he, wrote all three with chris nolan okay but yeah so he's he's uh, attached to direct really? so i don't know it's weird i don't it, this is one of those situ- situations where i feel like this doesn't really need a remake um, i mean no movies need a need a western remake just mm-hmm. watch the original movie it's it's probably better but also if this got a western remake everyone would be like well that's fucking fight club so <laughs> like what are you what are you what it's are you doing? true there is a lot of fight club there um yeah i, I know what you mean i did also just see that david s goya directed blade trinity so there is that he did uh, yeah his, his directing chops are not great he's a good writer <laughs> but i don't know if he's a good director i mean he could spot the talent like you know triple the chaperone h uh <laughs> as i call it I mm, no. The only good thing about that movie is Ryan Reynolds. Triple H isn't good in that movie. I vaguely <laughs> recall Blade wears a red turtleneck in that movie, which seemed like way too much color for that character to be wearing. Um, I don't know if that was if that, if that was David Goyer's inf- influence Gotta that, be. that made Gotta the be. decision. But either way, I wouldn't trust him with this. So okay, Warner Brothers possibly making that. Um, I've mentioned it there, so let's talk about. The David Fincher influence, and again, I don't want to talk too much about the twist because we can get fully yeah, David into that. Fincher, but yeah. so I, I mentioned before that how this movie kind of tripped me up because basically, as soon as I saw the kind of the, it was more than one frame. I think it was it was probably about four or five frames where Benjamin was like mm-hmm. popping up in different shots, like in flashes of light, you'd see a frame of himself popping up in in, in scenes where he wasn't actually present, uh, very much like Tyler Durden um, mm-hmm. in, yeah. in Fight Club, exactly. And I was like, all right. Uh, you know this is not my first rodeo guys i've you know i've 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 been here before and i immediately started being like okay so we're gonna do a fight club thing where none of these characters are real and this is all happening in his head yeah um and i think they did a great job of capturing that feeling of fight club and of things not being how they seemed uh which i really enjoyed actually i found that bit really compelling and i Mm -hmm. think it's really interesting seeing David Fincher's influence on Barbara Odar as like a director um, because I it seems like the most prominent one and I think he does a great job of capturing his like visual styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. The David Fincher thing is, is something I noticed straight away. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I think that the Fight Club thing, obviously obviously they, 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 they were heavily inspired by that. Uh, but then when they made the reveal of like the Tyler Durden-esque uh, you know reveal with none of, none of them existed it's like it was too obvious because the, mm. the Fight Club the Fight Club there was stuff was there from very early for me yeah. and so when that happened I was like of course that happened and then they all double switcheroo you know they so they, they, I, I really like that and I thought that it was now maybe it was a bit on the nose, like the, the the building in of the mental health issues with the mom, and like building all that in. But 
but perhaps that was a little on the nose. Having said that, in the moment where they revealed everything wasn't real, no chance I actually thought it was going to double switcherumi. So oh, absolutely not. No, I, I was like that that first twist when they they so they're, they're having the conversation with the police officer where he's like coming clean and being like, oh, you know, my my I have a family history of I think it's schizophrenia that his his um I think so yeah his mum had or a multiple personality yeah, uh, yeah. disorder, but um. And he's like encouraged to come clean about it, and then he's like, and then you know, this big revelation: all oh, these people aren't real. You've imagined all this in your head, and and he's like, yes, yeah, that that's that's true. And it does the standard flashback to all the scenes where he thought he was talking to other people and he wasn't. Um, and I was like, ah, fucking, uh, you know, I've seen Fight Club, and uh, there's me like patting myself on the back, being like, Conrad, you've done it again. <laughs> and then, and then suddenly the goddamn double twist. Yeah. They, they they double back on themselves like actually he saw all this coming and i will like okay so i i have i have thoughts on the double twist so i'll just finish finish my train of thought there and so so he doubles back on himself and reveals that the people do exist and all of this was him playing the police detective to essentially get himself and his crew out of harm's way of both the russian mafia and i think it's interpol or europol or something that she works for um this like anti-hacker unit um but because he feeds them um the famous hacker whose name i've now forgotten um miss mrx feeds him mrx yeah. and like the, the the russian mafia and that's that's enough to to, yeah. to satisfy her um lovely scene where mrx is arrested in an american city and the way you know it's an american city is because he's wearing like a virginia state like university hoodie or something it's like, i think it was it said new york actually i think but also yeah they it did sh- say new york wasn't when, there. yeah it wasn't whenever they're in american cities in like foreign language films they always film the camera pointing up because they show how yeah. big the buildings are yeah yeah but yeah and you also because they don't want to catch any road signs that are definitely written yeah. in german <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like that was berlin i've been to berlin a, num- a number of times i'm fairly sure that was berlin but um yeah so he feeds her that and it turns out that they are all alive and they all get together on a boat to have their kind of usual suspects ending he's mm-hmm. dyed his hair he's got the girl the rest of the gang are still alive it's a happy ending for everyone when when that happened i have to say it's a bit convoluted and I don't know if it really works as a satisfying conclusion, but when they start showing the little hints they dropped that he was going to double switch it, and and you know like the bullets um, that yeah. that uh, I noticed he that took straight from, away. I noticed the bullets straight like, away. They definitely were planting little hints that you could have followed um, if you were paying attention. I clearly wasn't paying enough attention because I was too busy congratulating myself on figuring out yeah. the one twist I thought there was going to be. Um, and so I, di- I didn't think in my wildest dreams that they'd, uh, that they'd they'd double down on it. But they did. And they got me. You know what I think's funny about that, Conrad, is anyone who followed our journey in After Dark podcast for, for Dark knows that they're, they're, there's almost nothing in that show you didn't predict, right? <laughs> yeah. But we, ha- we went to... A way less convoluted uh, <laughs> film about hackers, and you couldn't predict this ending. No, I don't know how that <laughs> happened. To be honest, I, they they caught me napping. Is what they did. They, yeah. they they caught me napping on this one. I was like, all right, it's going to be a standard David Fincher thing. We've all seen Fight Club, guys. Get on with it. And then yeah. they got me. They got me with it. But it was. I mean, it was good. It it was a good ending. I thought. Um, what did you think? What did you think about the visualization of the uh, chats within the hacker space, where yeah. where it was all done like on a train, and and then they had like their their, their masks on and stuff to, to visualize yeah. visualize the the the, the uh, inter- internet space. 
so so there was a lot of stuff in this that I, you could feel the budgetary constraints of making mm-hmm. a fairly low budget movie i i think um there there weren't really any action set pieces and a lot a lot of it felt quite cheap not in a bad way but it felt like they were operating on a budget mm-hmm. but then that cyber the cyberspace train i thought was a very very cool way to visualize yeah. uh, like the dark web I, I think they didn't necessarily need to do it the way they did it um and i think it, it spoke to a very very strong creative vision at the core to be like no this is how we're this is how we're going to visualize uh this social space and i I think it it's more than just that although i i love the scenes where they went into the dark web and you know Mm -hmm. talking to mrx or or whichever other hackers they were talking to yeah i think i think that kind of assuredness with their visual uh their visual style kind of filtered through into a lot of the hacking as well where with hack i mean i i I can't claim to be a hacker but you know i i work in it so there's some stuff like in hacking movies that you see and it's like oh for fuck's sake and it makes you roll your eyes um because it's how ridiculous this didn't ever really have that and i think no very very realist realistic in ways as well i thought well it, it was realistic but i think the thing that it did that was interesting so you look at something like mr robot and mr robot like tries to be very realistic and i think for the most part does a good job of it but it also runs the risk of like alienating people who don't know anything about computers because yeah. sometimes even the know, episode in, names even the episode names like yeah exactly like if you're a lay person you just want someone to be like i'm hacking the mainframe and then that's enough like you don't need to <laughs> get like they don't need to tell you what fucking like a, the, the bios is or whatever this does it in a different way by like abstracting the hacking yeah. into and making it into this like you know this metaphor that there's a moment where i can't actually remember why they're doing it but he's giving something to mrx and it is represented in that cyberspace it's the 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 pregnant horse i think it's called um where it's like a trojan oh yes yes within a trojan yeah that has a back door in it and it's represented by him his his character in this space literally giving a model of a horse to another uh, to mrx and it's a really cool way of visualizing it that just gets around all that technical MacGuffin nonsense and and kind of just visualizes what's actually happening which i thought was a really really smart idea and and it really worked for me yeah no no i i i love that as well i thought the actual uh moments where they are um i thought i thought the oh oh before we leave that cyberspace actually i also thought it was just cool just to mention whenever he was impersonating mrx as well and like mrx was trying to get yeah. through into the carriage he wouldn't let him so i thought that was pretty cool i think yeah, that's another great example yeah. of them like visualizing it rather than trying to get technical with it exactly and also rather than just showing a lot of text on the screen of them talking to yeah. each other but uh i i think that the moments where they do show him hacking and they do show him sort of entering script in like in whatever program he's using or even just the in even just the, the the you know powershell or whatever he's using at the time i i, th- I think that that actually was pretty realistic because they were very limited with how much of that they showed and it wasn't like the the, the general clicking three keys for every five lines of code <laughs> yeah. and and like the popping up of 20 million windows that had, there's no way anyone could control what's happening on the screen it yeah. was actually quite realistic like he was he, he had one thing open he was typing in something clicked enter the program ran like i actually thought it was pretty pretty good i i, I, I and i wouldn't expect any, i wouldn't expect the, anything the... less from baron bodor i wouldn't expect yeah. anything less from them yeah. you know I think there's that one moment where they're at the party and they're sitting and he and he does have like a million windows pop up as he hacks yeah. the lights off and I was a bit like okay but that was the only moment in the entire film. Yes, I, I remember that like, moment as well. Actually, that seems kind of dumb. Um, 
but yes yeah, so I, I think the way they depicted hacking was very smart and they had like these kind of cool um like breaking it like essentially like kind of like mini heists where they like break into things like the bit where they break into like some um like far right convention was was kind of brilliant like i really i, I found that bit really really funny mm-hmm. um uh, you know i'm always up for anything that makes fun <laughs> of hitler and uh <laughs> and uh and we got that in this so um oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, was hack- very the hacking into there i thought it was so funny when he went into that uh, like sort of basically the nazi <laughs> the nazi thing how he was like sort of you know, the, the, he was saying, uh, just, you know, just act normal. Like, you know, no one will notice you. And he just, like, yeah. walk, he just walks up, plugs in the USB. Like, <laughs> yeah. it is, it's it's farcical, but it's uh, maybe not realistic. I don't think you could maybe do that in real life. But for the film, it worked very well. Uh, well, I didn't, I mean, they do mention once in this movie, but, like, like I think it's Max who said it, says it, like, the kind of handsome, um, charming character, says that, like, 70% of hacking is just social engineering just convincing people to tell you something yeah. and that is an awful lot of hacking is just getting people to give you information that helps you break passwords over the phone or whatever um, yeah it's true so- and, yeah. and they're also going into the places like physically going to the government buildings I thought that was really cool how they showed that a lot of yeah. a lot of films would just have them hacking from their room the whole time you know yeah absolutely um, okay so I just, I just want to mention that we're gonna um, we've got to talk about the dark actors uh, in a moment. We're gonna get back to that because uh, I think that's important. But yeah, so the one thing I w- just wanted to reiterate then is now that we've talked about the double twist and how it's revealed that the events of the movie did actually happen and all the people were real, mm-hmm. that ending with him with Marie, I was a bit like she has given you no indication that she likes you i do not understand why she's here i do not believe this relationship at all or why she's on the boat with you um well maybe well this is the thing actually let's give it a bit more credit maybe he told the story the way he told it so that it would appear realistic that she wouldn't have known who he was whereas maybe he's just been in contact with her and been friends with her since school you know? Yeah, see, this is the problem with Bamboo Oda and Yunsh Fries, is they're good enough writers that they've written themselves a bulletproof alibi for writing <laughs> a bad romance. It's like, God yeah. damn it, I can't, I can't really criticise this because the natural responses well that's just the story that he told the police officer <laughs> but it, I, if i was that police officer when he told me that story i'd be like that's not a believable romance at all like, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on put some effort in um but that bothered me okay that's out of the way now we get to now we get we've done our due diligence we've talked about the actual movie yeah. let's talk about let's talk about the people from dark um can you in your in your future in the yep. future of you watching movies or television for that matter can you ever see the actor who plays peter doppler being in something <laughs> where his relationship hasn't fallen apart because he, yeah. plays, a, <laughs> he plays a divorcee in this or not divor- i don't know if they were actually married but they're definitely yeah. not together anymore, not together anymore. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. um and obviously in dark his relationship's on the rocks um <laughs> very much he seems to have been typecast as man who is now alone which it's got to be difficult well i don't i don't even think technically in this film he is alone but uh you know but for the purposes of this joke yes yes uh (laughs) although i will say what this film was really lacking was a little bit of peter he's not even called peter but we'll go with it (laughs) huddled up in the corner like weeping over a bible that's what this was missing you know yeah that's what we needed was was that character just breaking down in tears um that would have really sold 
is his his utter desperation to me. That, that's that's when he that's when he's uh that's when he's at his best. Uh, also, yeah. we well at least we know big spoilers for Dark here, guys. If you haven't seen Eternal Off, because I am going to say a very spoilery thing. At least we know which world we're in. We're in the origin world because, of course, Torben Voller has double eyes. He's got yeah. two eyes. How how did you feel about him playing someone who's supposed to be in his twenties? Hang on, he's got two <laughs> eyes in the other one too, but he's got both arms too. So um, he's got both arms. Yeah, yeah. So he's um he he could. Do we see? Yeah, we do see both of his arms actually in this. So there's no there's no way that it's possibly alt world, uh, Torben. Or but, do we um, see both of his hands, or is he wearing like a Luke Skywalker s glove? It could be. It could be. <laughs> it could we'll be. never know. Um, yeah, so playing, how old was he He's playing he in a this? character in his like twenties, I think. He's but I if we're being charitable. Forty four in real life now. Yeah. If we're being I mean, okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna like say this off the bat. I actually didn't think he looked out of place. No, he didn't. I thought, he didn't, yeah. I thought he's a pretty good looking guy. He looks quite good for his age. And it like maybe he's supposed to be like a PhD student in his like mid twenties, may- mm-hmm. maybe late twenties. But still, like he's supposed to be the same age as Marie, who is clearly a woman in her mid twenties. <laughs> it's like Torben Voller just there like, Hello, fellow students. And it's like, no, that's <laughs> he was, that man is in his forties. He's like he's a man who's too old to uh to be the bully as he is he also yeah <laughs> him playing him playing the like biff tannum of uh <laughs> of who am i did not well he's actually not really the biff tannum because he's kind of like he he is physically a bully but he's also a bit more of like a kind of egotistical intellectual dickhead than biff was um, yeah well uh, yeah yeah he wouldn't be a, yeah he's not a biff tannum maybe he's kind of like army army hammer in uh social network maybe uh but yeah there's a bit of army ha- maybe he's a cannibal as well actually like we don't we don't ever that would that would certainly make him more villainous as well if we if we had that confirmed yeah but but, um, but yeah so you know but the, 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 the boys did us proud i think i think they, they did a good job he did he fit in he fit in all right he was too mm. old let's be honest um i think that uh or maybe who knows maybe he actually uh was meant to be younger but in the retelling of the story this is the thing they can do now in the retelling of the story uh the details were made to make him a little couple years older yeah uh, yeah exactly. so that he would they, look less less good for maria you know those goddamn baron Bioda and yon Fries have done it again they've twisted all of us <laughs> yeah. um talking about people who were too old i mean he wasn't in dark but um tom Schilling. I, I'd like everyone in this movie was too old for the part they were playing. Like, I got the impression Tom Schilling was supposed to be in his early twenties, and he's forty years old now. Like he was way too old for, for the when part. When was this of, made? Was this made two thousand fourteen? Twenty fourteen. So it was eight years ago. So he, so he was in his early thirties. Yeah. This. Well, I think they were also yeah they were all supposed to be sort of young like early twenty students, weren't they? So yeah, yeah. So ah, it's one of those things. Like, do they look as bad as Tom Welling in uh, Smallville? No. No, they no. don't. But, but I mean, that's that's your high watermark for people playing uh, characters that they are inappropriately aged. To Fourteen play. years old he was in that first season of Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> All fourteen-year-olds look like Tom Welling in that first season. I don't know. You're a teacher. You're supposed to know these things. Fourteen right? years old. Tom Welling was twenty-eight when he played that. <laughs> yes. 
it's so funny when you watch it. It's like I know he's Superman, but even so, like that is a ridiculous fourteen. You, you can't hide. You can't hide the fact that he's fourteen. Like he was a freshman in high school. Like, like there's yeah. no hiding it. Like that's what like age six he foot was. three. Like, yeah. like... <laughs> he didn't look any different. Like he was meant to, at the end of the season. He was like twenty four, and he didn't look any different whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, they just but like give him a beard, and it's like there you go. He's aged up now. Um, yeah, there was there were none of that level of um, of uh, kind of shattering the verisimilitude of the of the the world that they created. Well, but... all I'll say at least Maria was in her twenties because God knows that I'm so lucky that what I, that uh, that I was uh, a teenager when I was watching Smallville because the girls that were the same age as him were 25 year old women, and I'll just say that's very strange. They're meant to be 14 as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There's a. Smallville Even Game did of Thrones some weird stuff. aged up, aged up Daenerys. You know what I mean? Yeah, they made the wise choice to be like, maybe we don't need to have a fourteen-year-old girl in the sex scene in this movie or in this te- television series. Maybe, maybe Smallville we can... were like, no, we're keeping her fourteen, but she's going to be played by a twenty-five-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah, just to just to confuse all the all very the strange. teenagers watching. This. Very strange. But yeah, um, I, I'm trying to think if I've got anything else to say about this. Really, I think we've covered most of it. Really, yeah. I, I have to say though, generally speaking. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I I thought it was it was good fun. Mm-hmm. It was low budget, but in a way that I don't think hindered it. And I thought it had some moments of real kind of like artistic craft in the yeah. sort of visual presentation. Um, so what would you what would you give this out of five if you were if you were forced to give it a score? I'm tempted just to go five because of who made it. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> But I know that would that would I, like I I don't want when 1899 comes out everyone just to think that I'm saying I love it just because of dark. So I have to be honest. Um, mm. I actually I'm gonna give it four though. I did enjoy yeah. it. Like and maybe is a bit of that like foreign language mystique to it, which makes me rate it higher. If this then if it was it made in America, but I, I think it is a four star for me. You know what I mean? I I, okay. I, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I, mean, I I I gave it a three. I think. I think that if they'd have dropped the Marie relationship, I probably would have enjoyed it more, just because I didn't really feel like that served any purpose. In Hang the on, story are you uh, are you switching us here? Are you gonna say, oh, but actually I forgot. Now it's a four. Is that are you <laughs> switching? <us? laughs> No, I don't. I don't have the kind of forethought necessary to pull off something like that. Um, <laughs> I wish I did. I wish it did, but unfortunately, I'm not. Baron Boyardar, Yonja Fries. I don't have that twist in 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 me to pull off. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I th- I think it's good. I like it was it was, it was a, th- a solid three star movie. I mm. I enjoyed it. I thought what it wanted to do, it did very well. And it it it's really interesting to see these two make a bit of a more. I'd like. It's funny that even when they're making a conventional movie, they can't quite resist the urge to just have a few twists in there. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they they um you know they want to play with with narrative. Um, even at this early stage um, or relatively early stage of their careers but it's a good movie nonetheless yeah. and well worth seeking out if you can bloody find a copy of it somewhere um, <laughs> which I think is going to do it for us uh, here this week on the best movie podcast ever which leads us very naturally to answering one simple question as we always do and that is Anthony what's your favourite movie this week? My favourite movie this week is Who Am I? Oh I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say Fight Club, because, <laughs> just because it's good fun. It's a good fun movie. Great I haven't actually seen Fight Club in a in a long time. I wonder if that holds up. I suspect not, to be honest. Well, I haven't seen Fight Club in so long that whenever I saw a picture from it, I was like, oh, that was Helen Bonham Carter in that film. You know, so. <laughs> 
That's how long it's been since I saw Fight Club. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while since we've seen it. Well, maybe we'll do that one day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Maybe. Probably not. Though. To be honest, there's better movies out. Um, I say, having just said that, that's my favorite movie this week. Thank you to <laughs> Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. You can find links to their stuff down in the description below. And thank you to you for listening slash watching um if you're not subscribed already please consider doing so we're the culture cave on youtube we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps get involved in the comments let us know if you've seen who am i and what you thought about that crazy double twist uh give a share a like it really does help and we will see you same time same place next week and cut